Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls! Welcome to Three Book Girls Live Podcast. We want to first start by introducing ourselves since there are some people here who have not yet met us. I am one of the founders. My name is Martha Steele. I am also a founder. My name is Vonnie Golden. I am not one of the founders, um, <laughs> but my name is Rachel Young. I'm also not a founder, <laughs> and I'm Megan Runyon. You're the young and the hip. Yeah, guys. that's young and I mean, hip. If young Martha hip. didn't have me to give her Harry Styles tea, she wouldn't know what to talk about on the radio during the day, so yep. she needs me. Yep, yep, yep. She and I have no idea who tips. that is. I asked Megan today, I was like, isn't Harry Styles like a teenager? And she's like, no, he's like in his 20s. <laughs> oh, okay. Rachel is actually our special guest tonight. We have two other members who are not with us tonight. We have Pat Greiner, who lives in Casper, Wyoming. She couldn't make it. And Keith Steigert, who lives in Pennsylvania. And it's her anniversary. So she and her husband are celebrating sans clothes somewhere at an undisclosed location. So nobody can stalk her. Meaning us. Yeah. She didn't give us her number. She didn't want us to find her for some reason. We don't know why. I feel looped right in, like, with her kids. <laughs> We're not giving you the number. <laughs> you cannot call us. Uh, so today, Bonnie had a bit of an adventure. Are you talking about my uh, bookshelf nightmare? Yes, I'm talking about the rage that came through the text earlier today when you were trying to put together a bookshelf. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has had this problem, but you order stuff and nothing comes in one piece anymore you have to put everything together and I have the worst luck with what they send me to put together like one time I ordered a baker's rack and one of the main rods to hold the shelves up was bent and it was like well I can't use this what am I gonna do so I ended up you know with a really small baker's rack since I couldn't put one whole section on and then this time I ordered a bookshelf because, you know, I have too many books, obviously. And the little hex wrench that they sent me to put this together, because they send you one with everything you order, um, stripped out halfway through building it, and I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. So I have pieces of bookshelf in my living room now, and it's not together and a stripped out wrench that I can't use. And I kept texting her going, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Vonnie, what's wrong? <laughs> Stop it! Um, they can't hear us on Facebook, so I don't know how to fix that. Well, now they miss Vonnie's story. Tell again, Vonnie. <laughs> <laughs> they can catch the, they can catch the, uh, the episode. Plug. Please pause for technical difficulty. We wouldn't be us if we didn't jack something up <laughs> I know, right? every time. But anyways, to finish my story, now my $30 bookshelf has turned into a $50 bookshelf because the only way I can get hex wrenches is to get a whole tool set. So let me tell you, it's a good thing I wasn't live on Facebook then because... I would have been in Facebook jail. Ikea rage. With my with my rage. Now, to be fair, it wasn't Ikea. I ordered it off of Amazon. I can't even remember who the maker is. But I did give them my two cents <laughs> on the computer. On the computer. <laughs> because I'm old and that's what I do now, right? I don't think that's an old person thing. Oh. No. You're just saying that I'm a <laughs> unpleasant person. No, I think that's a consumer thing. You got it. Gotcha. You got it. Transparency, okay. man. I just love technical difficulties, don't you? Martha, you stressed out about this all day. I can't believe it's not going how you thought I it did. was. I stressed out about it all day. And it helped, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. Sure did. Because look where we are. I tested everything. <laughs> you should have taken me up on that cognitive processing therapy that I offered you, shouldn't you? You know, just on a side note, Rachel's a therapist. And there's a boob punch in her future. Hey, I tried to help. I offered therapy. She said no. That's not I mean, I'm me. just saying, if you boob punch mine, it might bounce over and hit her. <laughs> la, la, la. Would you like me to sing? I could sing. Oh, no, don't do that. Speaking of singing, I am so happy that they came back with the radio station I liked. You know, I was thinking yes. the other day when I was listening to it on the way home, it's kind of like... A friend that leaves your best friend leaves town and then a couple of years later moves back 
And then you're like, I have, I have missed, missed you, so, you much. so much. Is it bad that I'm referring to a radio station friend? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's healthy. Anyway, we can keep talking about other stuff while we're doing this because you guys are here in the house. So let's talk about book stuff. Party in the house. Oh, I'm so happy. Pat, Pat's commenting as us as well because she's like got access. So I was like, I didn't type that. <laughs> and then I just realized it said like. Keith was texting me a little bit ago. I thought she was on her honeymoon she vacation. Apparently, she apparently paused her honeymoon vacation. Well, I'm here, and so I <laughs> I mean, I can't help it if I'm important. So. You are important. Well, just to Keith, but that's okay. No. Keith said, I said Josh went to get the huge toolbox, and Keith said, always makes me sit up and take notice when you say huge toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> that's our girl. We're going to have to go on with the show, sadly. Why is it sad that we're moving on with the show? No, I mean, sadly, that we're not going to be able to figure this out. Well, you know what, everybody out there in Facebook land? You should have made the trip. <laughs> they can't hear you insulting them right I now. Know. <laughs> somebody, until, they, <laughs> until they listen to it Somebody later. consult them over text for us. No, do you think I'm going to be that brazen no, if they can hear me? No, no, no. no. <laughs> There's probably good reasons. Like Keith. Like airline tickets. He's probably watching us naked right now. No, Mr. Keith is in the other room, she said. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. That sounds like a great honeymoon to me. Or anniversary, I should say. (laughs) Separate rooms. Martha, I think this is the last time you're going to have tech support from Josh on this. Yeah, he's he's had a different issue every single time he's been with us. I mean, to be fair, Josh, this is kind of par for the course for us. We have a different issue every time we do a live show, I feel like. Every time. Also, if these are the working conditions, I'm going to have to go ahead and back out of July. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. You're going to be part of the tribe. you got to understand. Hold on. Cl- work through the it issues. Might. Really, to tell the truth, this is kind of like the part of the show that always gets edited out when yeah. we're just there, talking about personal yes. stuff. Because right. when we do the and podcast, then it's take we it talk a minute for 45 or minutes before we actually do yes, the podcast. We do. And we don't keep any of that because it's just, you know, like us talking about jobs and like stupid stuff that nobody would care about. Well, sometimes it's really funny stuff. And in that case, it gets shunted over to the Patreon. We, we just always assume that Martha's recording us if we're in front of a microphone. Yes. I, I turn the recorder on the minute okay, they're on and whatever they say gets captured. And if it's funny, <laughs> it gets used sometimes to their chagrin. Which usually means me because... I say I the think first we have thing to that abandon this Facebook Live because it's still not, or we'll be here forever. Yeah, bail out. Okay. Okay. I'll post and I'll post and say. Yep. Sorry. Operator Technical error. difficulties. Just listen for the show. All right. All right. Back to work. Whoa, whoa! That is aggressive clapping. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, I've missed you so much. I know I've missed you guys. So wait, did we get? So did you find a hex wrench that works? That's the real question. I don't know because I didn't have time to mess with it because we had this going on. Oh, okay. You guys interrupted the bookshelf making. Sorry. That's yep. all right. That'll still be there tomorrow. Yes, it will. And it's a long weekend. You can build it on Monday. I'm going to need you all to find... I'm going to find you, Keith, the clip because since you all make fun of me for Harry Styles, there was a whole thing. That's where I was singing that we are having technical difficulty because he's done that little song and dance during For like a one direction show know who oh. harry styles is I, he's a musician okay. he's a very young and hip ish i thought he was in a band is it like a boy hip-ish? band martha do you know how much his tickets went for i did the, that on purpose on so that it would freak you out megan do you know do you know how yes, expensive those I know tickets got? how much they cost does anybody else not know who this person is okay yes thank you my audience right there he's I young no and cute is he though i don't know if he, i don't know yeah uh, he's adorable. I, I think it's an acquired taste. Yeah. Okay, I can appreciate that. I'm not a, I'm not a big, you know, he's an infant, basically. <laughs> so, no, he's not hot. <laughs> I'm not a big boy band kind of person, so tell him to grow his hair about. He used Ew. to have long hair. There was long, there was long hair, Harry. There was prince hair, okay, Harry. Okay, okay, there was okay. lots. We're skipping Harry. She's nodding along with me. She, what was, what was your name again? Bethany. 
Bethany I'm is in my corner. I'm cutting it all out. I shouldn't, ah. have brought, I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> You're right. You I shouldn't should. have. That's my fault. I should have <laughs> known. We'll get her on that subject and she will never stop. That I mean, I'm right it. here. I could just pinch her. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to let the people know that we abandoned the Facebook. So I'm multitasking. Fine. <laughs> anyway, I saw an article the other day that was absolutely shocking that I had to share with the book world. Winnie the Pooh is being adapted into a horror film called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. Ew. So why, you ask? It's because it goes in the public domain this summer. So they can do whatever they want with Winnie. Can you imagine... Can you imagine the porn? <gasps> that stuff already exists. I'm, I'm a little scared, you know, because he doesn't wear pants anyway. No, I'm Martha. I'm telling you that kind of stuff already exists because I've seen, oh, I've seen no, drawings no. and stuff. I mean, I didn't go looking for it, Keith, but <laughs> <laughs> it does. It was a Donald Duck scenario. Oh, and yeah, geez. I've seen some stuff. I, I can't unhear that. Well, I've seen some stuff. <laughs> Did you just say Donald Duck situation? Yeah, there. I was... mean, he doesn't wear pants, or no, no. and neither does Winnie. And the neither does Winnie they're pantsless. The Pooh. They're pantsless. But that you know, should be someone pointed out that Mickey is the only character that has pants, and none of the other characters have pants. Except when they come out of the shower, then they always wrap they always the towel, have a towel around. Mm-hmm. Well, really, if you're to get into the whole animals shouldn't wear clothes argument, uh huh, you're the I only one on the totally side right side. about. Listen, it's okay for a dog to wear a sweater. No! Yes. A sweater's fine, but a sundress is too far. They're cute. Jesus. The little ruffles. <gasps> and hats. Nope. How are you going to keep the sun out of their eyes? They're dogs. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> they're, but it reminds me of the... They chi- still get Have you ever cold. seen chicken sunglasses? They really exist. I'm sorry, what? Chicken sunglasses. Look it up. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm not hurting my algorithm with that nonsense. Have you so. never been outside with a dog and they squint? I mean, they're still susceptible to UV rays. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They're wild back I mean, animals. I don't know about They'll chickens, be okay. But, but anyway, um, so we thought that it, we're, we're, I'm. Yeah, you're doing yeah. the thing that you I'm yelled at us thing. for. Yeah. Stop okay. doing the thing. You're right. Okay. She's hitting the table for those who don't know what the thing is, because this sounds awful on a yeah. microphone. Yeah, it does. Sorry. <laughs> so we are heading back to our original topic, which was horror <laughs> movies adapted from children's books. I feel like Alice in Wonderland was already there, but I feel I, like you I've, could take it a lot farther. I've seen that movie, actually. I've seen a horror-ish Alice in... In fact, there's a book, too. But Bonnie read it. What's that book? Oh, Kill It... Um, the Alice book. The Killing Alice? Oh. Was it Killing... Something like that. Yeah, that was Killing that was Dorothy. Was... Killing Dorothy. That series? No, there yeah. was an Alice uh-huh. in Wonderland yeah. one, too, that, that we series. read. Both of us read it. It was called Alice. And it was a horror novel. Yeah. So those ones, the ones that are already in the public domain, I'm talking about stuff that might eventually be in the public domain. I don't know what's not considered part. They're looking at chickens and hats now. We've, oh, geez, we've lost them. Um, I don't know what books are not currently in the public domain that are like. Well, like Peter for example, you know, as, as my domain. mind started going through the possibilities, I was thinking. You could make a horror movie out of Harold and the Purple Crayon. I don't know that book. <laughs> you don't know that book? Well, you could make, okay. What you do uh, is, you, one you know, Harold is drawing things and he draws a door into another dimension with face-eating zombies and whatnot. Wait, does he actually do that in the book? Like, No, he... he's a little kid. Oh. He draws pictures into some I was sold. Nice. I was here for it. He uses, <laughs> he uses his it imagination a... with his purple crayon. <laughs> okay. Turns into an, a Doctor Who episode. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm getting I'm caught thinking, up on Doctor I'm Who right now. I'm thinking that it would be really fun to have that particular scenario for Harold and Purple Crayon. And well, I thought of another one, too. You know that, that book that you give to graduates called Oh, the Places, oh, the places you, You'll Go? Well, you could kind of flip that and go, all the careers they shouldn't have. (laughs) (laughs) The list is long at this point. (laughs) This is what happens when you take crack. Wow. This is what happens. That's not a career path. That's that's not a career. It's a horror novel. But you just said a career path. This is what What happens. That's what the book is about. No shade to the Ozarks, but I'm talking about the show Ozark. No, that's what the book is about. (laughs) Okay, can I ask a question? Yeah. 
is Harold and the Purple Crayon, is that your favorite children's book? Is that no, why you it, that uh, the only reason I thought of that is because I have that book from when Dylan was little. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he used to really enjoy the book. I think what, what that was would, the one you were talking about earlier? Was it uh, the cat in the hat? The cat in the hat, yeah. A stranger breaks into your house and right. runs around and wreaks havoc all day. That's mm-hmm. kind of terrifying. With the kids With when they're home kids. alone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's creepy. Yeah. Breaks everything. Mm-hmm. Releases thing one, thing two into your house who continues to break things. And then before you get home, everything goes back to normal. And the kids just sit there. And you never knew. I mean, it's kind of like That's Toy Story. terrifying as hell. I mean, <clears throat> Toy, Toy Story is, is very, pretty horrifying. Yeah. That yeah. Aunt, that all of your toys wake up when you go to sleep. What are they doing when I'm sleeping? <laughs> They're running around. Ken and Barbara, you're getting it on. They're busy. Leave well, them be. What Let if you like, aren't very nice to one of your toys and they get revenge while you're sleeping? Ooh. Actually, I think there may have been I a few. There's a few of those yeah, movies few, already. A few of those movies already. Um, you let Ken and Barbie live what their life in the What was the other one you house, said? Okay? Um, green eggs and ham would be a good one. Right. It, talk about a stalker running around trying to make you eat rancid food that you don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially we after really it's like been in the question. water yeah, and, and all it, kinds of eat stuff. Eat it, eat it. Yeah, that would be we horrible. We read really questionable things as children. <laughs> no, you know the one that freaks me out? It's my favorite childhood book, but Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that that's kind of terrifying. That could go bad really quick. I that know. could go bad really quickly. I still love the book, but... I don't have any. I mean, the Berenstein Bears in them and of themselves are kind of creepy. If you think about it, there's bears walking around in and out of houses. Like, mm, yeah. how do we know that's not how they actually live? I know we don't know. That's true. Not in the woods with the bears. That's I don't true. Know. Exactly. You could don't be, know. What? Their neighbor could be Yogi. They could just be having a good old bear time. Or Winnie the Pooh. Hmm. Not, but I mean, not <gasps> oh, now. No, but well, what if? I mean, they're what already if, doing what this. What if serial already... killer Winnie the Pooh does live next to the Berenstein Bears and Yogi? Then what? I mean, the Berenstein Bears might be. Part of the victims. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about them. Now. They also you might dig be. them up from the crawl space. I'm worried about the Berenstain Bears. All right, and now them. we just went Gacy with this. <laughs> right? <laughs> because that's the documentary I just watched. Oh, <laughs> the Gacy. The Hungry, Hungry Caterpillar. Oh, oh the Hungry, yeah. Hungry Caterpillar oh. is a cannibal. Yep. Mm. Mm. Like Army Hammer. Mm. Ooh. What? Yes. Yes. Ah, that's a whole other thing. I'll tell you at dinner. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I got to know. <laughs> this is why I have to cut an hour out of the show every damn week. Or two. Or two. Sometimes it's three hours and we're like, we should probably <laughs> yeah. get on to All of a sudden it's yeah. dark outside. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, because it was supposed to be an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, never. Our headphones get glued to our heads because they're so full of sweat. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But I think we, we could probably um, find a transition here pretty quick into our books, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Vonnie's book probably does have death in it. When does my book not it, have death it in it? It always has death in it. I don't it. think Every it has Winnie time. the Pooh as a serial killer, but it probably has well, some death. No, no serial killers in my book. Mm. Those are usually Rachel type books, not mm. mine. Vonnie, what did you read? I read The Pull of the Stars by Emma Donahue. And I was kind of torn with this book when I first started reading it because Emma Donahue has a very unique writing style. Like, I'm trying, I think she's trying to be poetic because her, some of her sentences are very clipped when she's trying to describe a scene. And I just don't like that. A lot of people do, so that's okay. But I stuck with it because I really wanted to find out what this story was about, and I'm I'm glad I did because I ended up really loving this book. This is set in Dublin during the um, Spanish flu epidemic, and the main character in it, Julia, is a nurse, and she works with women who have the flu and are very pregnant and they've sent them down to her ward so that she doesn't make the rest of the um, people, the women in maternity sick. She's very consumed by her work. Like when she's not at work, she's thinking about her patients that she left at work. She works 12 hour shifts. And one of the things that I found was really interesting was in Ireland at the time, it was almost a given that women were going to have lots of children. There was no birth control. I don't even think it was legal to have birth control at the time. And so it talks about how drained these women's systems are, making them more susceptible to the flu 
because they've just had so many babies and how some of them are only 30 years old and they've lost almost all their teeth and just and stuff like that just from you know being pregnant too many times basically that was pretty interesting and also julia has a not much of a backstory but her brother was in world war one he almost had like um PTSD, PTSD. I always get the symbols or the acronym water. Acronym mixed up. And so he doesn't talk. And he they live together. But he he like is very nurturing and he always makes dinner for her and he takes care of this bird and he grows vegetables in the garden. So I mean, he's not a burden or anything to her. But uh, also, this book takes place in a very short time period. So what happens was Julia goes to work one day, and there's a volunteer named Bridie. I'm pretty sure her name was Bridie. And Julia and Bridie just basically are alone taking care of these women that are in the ward. And there's not too many. I think there's only like three or four. But when you have each one of them who have a specific need at one, you know, more than one at a time it, it's it gets a little busy and she kind of takes a liking to Bridie like right away and you know that Bridie's not very educated but she's a bright girl and um, they work together and it kind of goes over I'm trying to think of how to do this without giving away too much of the story but I mean it's a hospital during the Spanish flu, so some people die, some people live, and it's just about the emotions when somebody passes away, when somebody, you know, the other people in the ward, because they're so close together, everybody's kind of, they all grieve together. And just about how Julia kind of confides in this girl who volunteers, and how in just a short period of time this girl Bridie changes her whole outlook on life she seriously and I don't know if anyone has ever met somebody like that you don't know them for very long before they just change your whole perspective on everything so it it, it was a really good book I don't want to tell too much of it Um, it is historical fiction one of the other interesting things is uh, one of the doctors who's a main part of the story is a female doctor which was rare at that time but she also was part of the rebellion and was wanted by the police while she was a doctor at the hospital and she is a true character the author talks about her um, at the end of the book she goes and opens an orphanage after everything is said and done so that was pretty I mean I liked her character she was pretty awesome so yeah, it was a it was a really good book. I know I'm not explaining it very well because it's kind of hard to explain since it especially since it takes place in such a small time frame. It's hard to explain it without giving away too much of the story. But I think most of it's just about how much Bridie changed Julia's life in just 3 days. It was interesting too because the same author wrote a book called Frog Music where that took place during the smallpox epidemic and it was really really good totally different kind of book but you can tell what she's doing and that she's you know going through different time periods and stuff she's a really good writer yeah but in the same aspect with frog music it's about two women who are very different that have this unusual Mm -hmm. friendship yep and this is the same way yep two women who are very different who end up being friends and seriously change each other's lives Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. It's sad. I mean, it is during the the Spanish flu, and it's the maternity ward, so people die. I expect nothing less from a Vani book. And that again is called <laughs> <laughs> "The Pull of the Stars" by Emma Donahue. So who's next? Rachel. Oh yay! Wow, that was enthusiastic, Martha. Oh, oh yeah. yay, Rachel. Yeah. Like, mm, no, I mean, that's Rachel. the order we typically used to go in. You're right, it, it is. It's been a while since Rachel's mm-hmm. been on the show, and so I, I'm just thrown 
I'm thrown for a loop. I know. I used to be on. I used to be a cast member, but now I'm just a guest. Now she's a guest. <laughs> yep. She uh, dropped us. She ghosted us. Did. She didn't ghost us. I didn't. I, she's I, sitting here. If she's ghosted <laughs> us, she wouldn't be here. Uh, okay, so um, the book that I'm going to be talking about today is Verity by Colleen Hoover. And I've read several books by Colleen Hoover, but this book is probably not only one of my favorites of hers, but one of my favorites of all time. So this book opens with our main character, Lowen. And Lowen is a struggling author, a writer. Mm -hmm. And so she's on her way to meet with this publisher to hear some sort of great offer, but she really has no idea what's going on. And um, at, at the time, she's living in New York, and so she, on her way to this interview, unfortunately witnesses an accident and is kind of just stunned by that and also has to find a way to clean up, shall we say, from what happened in the accident. And so this kind stranger helps her out, right? Helps her get to a coffee shop, gives her his shirt, that kind of stuff, right? And Lowen is just kind of going through a lot at this point. But the way that the book opens up and you learn pretty quickly is um, she gets this great opportunity. Martha, mute your Sorry, phone. Sorry, I'm doing it right now. Jeez, Martha. No one else could hear it, but I could. All right. Well, I'm offended. It's I'm my leaving. Fault, I so. <laughs> Done. Yeah. No. Here we are trying um, to be discreet over here. Jeez. If neither of you are discreet, all I get is. Sorry, 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 sorry. And this is why I left the podcast. No respect. No, I'm kidding. But we quickly learn that our main character, Lowen, is being given this great opportunity to continue writing for uh, a very popular series by uh, an author named Verity Crawford. But there's more to the story, obviously, than what Lowen or really any of Verity's fans realize. So as Lowen agrees to take on this job, Part of the job is going to live in the home with Verity and her family um, because she needs to go through her office and all of these other things. But given some of the circumstances in the home, things are a little bit weird. And I'm not going to necessarily say how because I don't want to ruin any of that surprise. There, This book, one of the reasons I love Colleen Hoover, but one of the reasons I love, love this book is there's a mystery aspect there's a bit of a thriller aspect there is some shall we say dirty romance thrown in there too um, yes and um, keith would have called that spice yeah okay well i'm not keith she's not keith <laughs> how many megan blushes is it that's how we rate things. Ooh, megan blushes on a scale of i think it's five. one to five one to on five. a five oh i would definitely give it a give it a four and a half okay, on there okay. yeah there's some, some there's some good spice, spice. Okay. spice. um it's it's delicious though um <laughs> you're definitely um going to not really be sure who you like and trust in this book um, even up to the very end, which I love about it. I read it last year. It was one of my top books of last year. And I was so excited to read it again to to do this podcast because it is an all-time favorite of mine. It will remain a favorite. It's just that good. And there is also, a, a I guess, an anniversary edition coming out in late September this year that's going to have an added chapter to it. So if you read this book and you love it, which I hope you do, the, there is going, I don't know what the extra chapter is. I don't know what this anniversary edition holds, but I'm excited for it. So you can definitely pre-order that. But yeah, for me, this, this just checks so many boxes, the mystery, the thriller, the romance, all that kind of stuff in there. So again, that is Verity by Colleen Hoover. Nice. I like that name. Verity. Mm -hmm. Verity. Verity. Yeah. I have a, I have a, a, um, a prediction to make there's gonna be a lot of little kids with the name verity in the future probably you think so just a thousand people it's really unusual it's really unusual and it's such a huge book i'm just saying mm -hmm. i could see that <laughs> gonna happen i could see that i mean it's a pretty name i mean 
It is. And when I read the book, like I didn't really know much about it because Bonnie, I think you recommended it to me. Um, and I didn't realize obviously until I read it, I was like, oh, that's one of the characters names in the book. And yeah, because it is. It's unique. It's I've never pretty. heard that name mm -hmm. before. I love that name. Although when we all were reading Harry Potter, we we're like, there's going to be a thousand little girls named Hermione and that never happened. Yeah, that's a but difficult. that has more, that has more to do with the fact that English people don't understand spelling differences with pronunciation it's just too hard okay on the same aspect i don't think i've ever heard of anyone naming their baby renezme exactly that's and what i'm saying look how big twilight was that's what i'm saying i don't so, know if there'll be a lot of kids named parody or not renezme renezme like renez monster that sounds like a bougie resume yes don't that's, come for twilight don't, don't get martha that's, started on twilight we don't, don't need that today do not throw shade at renez monster okay yeah. martha hates twilight everyone <laughs> <laughs> Leave Renez Monster out of this. <laughs> and the not Twilight related book I read. <laughs> um, I read I Am Number Four by Pitticus Lore. And I read this series a really long time ago. So I got to do a reread, which has been fun because I don't have a lot of time to do rereads. And so we first start this book off with someone being chased through a jungle and you're kind of just thrown in and you're like, I have no idea where I'm about to land in this book, but it's probably going to be intense. And then it cuts away to Florida where we meet John Smith and his father type figure, Henry. And we quickly learn that there's more to this father son duo than we think because they're always on the move and they're like always making sure that John's not in a lot of pictures and he's not showing up anywhere. And that's because John we learn is number four. So the first person we met that was being chased through the woods was number three. And John is an alien. And of course, of course he is. And he, they left Lorien, which was their home country or home planet rather. Did you say Lorien? Yes. That's a Lord of the Rings thing. No, not the same. Anyway, so they left Lorien because the Mogadorians were taking over their planet and they managed to get nine of the Garde, which are John and his, these eight other kids and their, um, Sipon, 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 however you want to pronounce that. Um, basically their protectors off the planet on like the last ship off the planet and they all kind of end up on earth. But what makes them numbered and makes them special is they can only be killed in order. So, like, if you're number one, you have to, as soon as they kill number one, then they can kill number two. And if number two dies, then number three. And so they have to stay in order. Like, the Mogadorians, if they tried to kill John first, if they found him first, it wouldn't work because he's number four. And they're up to John. Number three was who we were running around in the forest with because they found them. And they're just extra paranoid because they realize, and he gets, like, a scar on his leg, like a tattoo every time someone in their group has died. So like he knows like, oh, three's died, I'm next. Like we've gotta be extra careful. So they move to Paradise, Ohio. And let that name sit in for a minute. They're in Paradise in Ohio. Okay, we'll go with it. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's ever lived in Ohio, you see the irony in that town name. <laughs> Just me? Cool. And he, John gets enrolled in school cause he's a teenager, so he should be in school. So he gets enrolled in school and he meets Sam, who's kind of like the other, like nerdy kind of kid and then he meets sarah because there has to be a girl because it's a ya book um and sarah is kind of the quiet like yearbook kind of girl but she's still pretty popular like she's dating the football player like she's not in the non-cool group so to speak sam very not cool he's like the nerdy kid in the corner his dad has gone missing we don't know what's happened to his dad but his dad was very much would be the person following things happening at area 51 so he kind of teams up with sam and sarah they kind of become a little group of three and it just kind of follows john's story of how are we going to outrun the mogadorians like what when do we stop running versus when do we start to fight and the other key to them having to be killed in order is that as long as they're all separated they still have to be killed in order so if number four and number five are all of a sudden together that breaks the charm so they could kill five before they killed four so if they all stay separate parts of the planet and away from each other they're safe as soon as they all come together they're they're fair game so the mogadorians are know they're on earth they're looking for them they've got the first three 
And they also all have different, what they call legacies, which are different powers. Um, and they typically start when they're teenagers and they're just waiting to see what John's will be. And we start to kind of see those and how he can use them to fight and how he can use them as defense mechanisms. They do go on an adventure because Sam finds a reference to the Mogadorians in like an underground newspaper that Sam's father would have read. And they go and question those guys and they're... There's some interesting things there that happen. And I don't want to give too much away, but there's a big old fight there. And then we have the most underrated character for most of the book is John's pet Beagle, who appears all the time. He always seems to have a pet, whatever he is, even though he never goes and gets a pet. He just ends up with them. Uh, and he names him Bernie Kozar because there's a Bernie Kozar poster on the bedroom wall of the house they're renting. Uh, so Bernie Kozar just runs around with him and seems to always be in the right place at the right time. And there is more to Bernie Kozar, but I won't give it away. He's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a just, it's hard to describe these books because there's several after this one because you start to meet all the other characters. So I don't want to give too much away, but there is a big kind of culminating battle towards the end uh, at the school. And you get to see John in kind of his full Lorian like, Powers. Full alien splendor. Yeah, he, he gets to yes. fight and his friends are fighting. Uh, people he wasn't friends with who all of a sudden are like, oh, I've missed things. <laughs> I should probably be on your side now. Want to help him in any way they can. And it it's just a fun story. And when I was reading them the first time, I'm like, oh my God, like who, where's number five? Where's number six? Where's number seven? You know, who are these other people and how do they... How are we going to keep John alive to keep the rest of them alive? And I said, there's seven or eight of these books now, I think. I, I believe so. And uh, they they are super fun. And the story is kind of told. The author's name is not... At, the, the name it's published under is like a pen name because it's supposed to be like the high, the high council of the Lorian like telling the story is kind of how I would describe it. So... I don't know what the actual author's name is, but it's published under Pitticus lore. I don't know if I did that justice, but it is a really good book. <laughs> um, if you don't want to read it, there's also a movie. Shocking, I know. They never made the other one, so don't get too invested in the movie situation. I don't know what happened, why Alex Pettifer let that happen. He failed, but it's a good movie. And stayed pretty true to the book, actually. Um, so if you want to delve into a YA sci-fi land with some teenagers running around trying to save the world from an alien invasion, because that's what teenagers do, um, you can read I Am Number Four by Pitticus Lore. Awesome. That's when you want big numbers. It's like, it's all right, I'm okay in the back of the line. I'm number 392. I'm good. No, there only, there's only nine of them. <laughs> Why <laughs> an uneven number? Why an uneven number? I, you know, I don't know if they ever addressed why. See, it's this is why I can't do fantasy and why. It, I mean, you just throw nines in there. Like, maybe that's like all. That's maybe okay. only eighteen fit on the ship. I don't know. Eighteen. You said nine. But they each had a like a an adult a doppelganger. They each had a sipon, like their mentor. See, I I can't. I can't. <laughs> and there's no map either. It's sad days. Yeah, but nine is a great number because it's divisible by three. No, and see now we're doing math. Oh, stop mathing! Stop, stop, stop! No, You're making my head explode. No math. I don't do. Ma I don't do math. <laughs> so it's an awesome number. Oh, it's a copy of a copy good. of a copy. Exactly. We're moving on to to my selection for tonight. It is a oddly enough time travel novel, which I didn't really know going in because Emily St. John Mandel did not previously. You might have heard of um, Station, Station Eleven. 11 which was a pandemic novel, and it was spectacular. If a little bit hard to get through in the beginning of it, because it's a lot. There's a lot of flopping around time-wise, and this book follows the same kind of pattern. But what I found really interesting about it was, th it's another pandemic novel. It takes place during a pandemic, and that's part of the plot. And because it was written during our pandemic, so it was kind of interesting that that happened. But it's also one of those books that it, at first you have no idea what the connection between the characters is. You get a picture of this guy in 1912, I think, in a forest in the middle of British Columbia. All of a sudden, he's standing out in the middle of the forest and everything goes black. 
And then he hears this violin music and he hears this whoosh sound and then everything's back to normal again. So he thinks he's gone insane. He's, he's been in the war. He thinks he's lost his nut. And then again in the future, um, there's, a, there's an author who's on a book tour. Her name is Olive Llewellyn. And she is, she's on this book tour and this guy comes up to her and says, I'd like to ask you some questions. And he says to her, if a, if a time traveler came up to you and told you not to continue your book tour and just go home, would you do it? And she's like, uh, and then he ends up leaving. And of course she's totally freaked out by this. She listens and she goes home, which home is the moon. So it's like way in the future. And then the time travel stuff comes in. But the, the real saving grace of this book was it's so short that I read it twice. And the second time I read it through, it was even cooler because then, then all the connections, you know what's going to happen. You know how you can go back and look at all the things you missed. And as usual, she did a spectacular job of making those connections. It's just that it's right at the very end that you figure it out. At least for me anyway. I was, I was kind of getting a few hints there towards the end, but if you enjoy a good time travel novel, this one is, it's not really full of any bells and whistles. It doesn't really go into the explanation of time travel or, well, maybe a little bit, but I mean, it's not really about the science. It's about the story of these several people whose lives are interlocked for a reason that you don't quite understand. I feel like she did that in Station Eleven too. Like she did. You didn't she realize did. till yep. the end how connected everybody yep. was. Yep. And yeah. and I do believe that's a good. I wouldn't say formula because it's not exactly a formulaic novel, but it did work for her the first time. Station Eleven was a huge hit. So I mean, she was locked down during the pandemic, and she said, "Oh, let's write another book. Let's do this." And the other thing I found interesting is that if you read The Glass Hotel, which is also another book of hers, it involved old movies and stuff. And in this book, the thing that the time traveler is investigating is this video clip of that moment that I told you about because it happens several times throughout the book. And this one girl happens to catch it on film when she's a kid and then her brother uses it later on in this performance that he does because he's a musician and that's where they see it and discover it and then they're trying to find out why it happened. So I, I know that's a little convoluted but honestly it was a great book. It's really short. It's only like 252 pages, something like that. So it's not a big commitment but it was excellent. I thought it was great and that was... The Sea of Tranquility. I didn't say that in the beginning. Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. Cool. Awesome. I did like Station Eleven. This book sounds good, too, though. It was good. It was, like I said, it was, there, it had, there were threads in it. I always like it when an author does that, where they take maybe pieces of another, another novel they've written, and, and you just get that little thread going, going through there. There were, for her, it's like pictures, media, letters that sort of thing you see it repeating in these different places in her novels and she just uses them in different ways but you can tell that those things are important to her because she keeps putting them in but yeah it was it was excellent it was a good book awesome cool sometimes it's nice to read like a really short book like that yeah I especially enjoyed it because I, I read it in one day well excuse me listened to it in one day because I listened to the audio and then when I was going to listen to it again for this event, just to make, make sure that I was up on it, <laughs> I had forgotten how short it was. And I was like, oh, it's over already. So that was kind of nice. I've done that before, not realizing that a book was that short. And it'll get done. And, and then I'm like, what, what happened? happened? <laughs> Where'd it go? <laughs> Is it done already? Bonnie's now used to listening to those 23-hour marathon. Yeah, Ken I have all of those. Books. Yeah. <laughs> Every Actually, time Bonnie, I read, oh, go ahead. Are you staring at the Ken Follett's over there? Because oh, I was looking I can at them. I see them all. I, I know. can't believe Vonnie didn't say anything about that. Staring us right Where? in the face, right at the, oh, the yeah, corner there. Winter right World there. is good. 
Yeah. I like Winter World. I think when you read as many Fall books as we do, it's like you you have a certain pattern of the way you read, the it's way you right listen. It's right there next to Good Omens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's like our bookshelf. It is. It is. Stephen King's right Stephen below Stephen King's it. on the I, bottom yeah. shelf. Yeah, he's got two I shelves. will have to say, Martha, as oh, yeah. much as I miss you when you're on vacation, I also love it when you're on vacation because I can reread all of those books that I love. See, that's the bad part about doing a book podcast is that you've got a rhythm. You have to read a... You have to present a book every week. So... If it's also not a problem a for YA readers because everything is a series and I have so many series exactly. sitting on my so shelf right now. You can't it, really right? review number three in a series because then the listeners get angry because they're like, well, what happened at number one? So. For the record, the very first time I was on the podcast, I reviewed the third book in a series. <laughs> I know you did because we heard about it. <laughs> and how many Fs did I give? I was reviewing that one because it was my favorite. Yeah, yeah. But it's all good, you know, we're, we're able to still read a lot, and that's kind of the whole point of it. Well, it is the whole point of it, but I like to reread stuff. and That's what summer's for! I know, when you go on, vacation, go on vacation, that's what I'm they saying. They want me to leave is what they're saying. They really want me to leave so they can read what when they want to read. When are you leaving again? <laughs> you know, the worst How many part, more though, weeks? is when I'm, week. when I'm not on, then I get in like a book slump because I don't have the pressure to read you're a liar. You don't get in a book slump. No. You're at a Hanson concert when you're not on the podcast. <laughs> she takes like two months off and goes to concerts. It's true. Don't but, lie to them. But what's fun is that we're so far ahead is that they don't realize that I haven't been on for a We've month. We've already recorded all of the podcasts up through the end of my vacation. Which is why Martha had to say, Rachel hasn't been on in a while because I was on just not that long ago. Yeah. We just haven't heard it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Because I was sitting outside under a bridge being a troll in line for a Hanson show. Yes, you were. <laughs> so you're saying that Megan's kind of like those children's books, except she's stalking Harry Styles. And the Hanson brothers. And the Hanson brothers. <laughs> I'm not stalking Harry Styles. That's a lot more work. There are people who are far better at it than uh, I am. That's well. a lot more work. All right, if any of the Hanson brothers end up <laughs> locked in a basement, we know where they are, Meg. I've read Megan's that. Megan's going to go that all ninja and jump over the fence no. to go through their garbage. Yeah, Harry Styles, no. you're a lot of work. But, you know, Hanson <laughs> boys. I'm going to incriminate myself with what I was going to say about the trash can. <laughs> what? I don't want to know. No, I don't want to know. No, I was gonna say if you're in, so if you're in Tulsa and you know where Hanson's Studio is, they, it's like there's an alleyway behind it, and their the dumpsters are all in the back. Why alley. do you? Why do you know? That? I'm so sad because it's next to my Airbnb, and I have to walk down the alley. Megan has a personal Airbnb right outside of Hanson <laughs> Studio. Exactly. I have to say this, Megan, but that's incredibly creepy. It has a tent. Al- there's like four. A other tent and al- an air mattress as her Airbnb. There's, there's four. There's other literally in their studio going. Oh my God, it's that girl again. No, she's here again. No, I'm not Peach Shirt Girl. I don't even want to know what that means. No, she one year, Uh, she wore a whole, uh, the whole weekend she wore peach so that they would remember her, I think, like that she was always in the same color. I like peaches. All right. I don't ever remember you wearing a peach shirt. It was not me. (laughs) Don't wear peach. Peach kind of washes you out, Megan. You probably shouldn't wear that color. She's she's Brazilian. We're being super like... On you right now, I apologize. No, this shit is <laughs> this all is the time. This is what we do. This is what we do. We make fun of Megan, and she claps back by totally ignoring the fact yep. that we're trying to get her to change the subject. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll change the subject. Is this tablecloth cloth, like pissing anybody else yes, off? Because really, time. I hate it. I'm, like, I do hate these tablecloths. Hate it. Yeah. Hate it. Right. For sure. You make do. it a game. I'll put See that them? on the list of <laughs> things to, uh, comes right back. to change. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those blow up. Oh, like the clowns cloud that things? you had that you could punch and yeah, I don't know why, but there's no more. Do you guys remember pass? those balloons from being a kid? Maybe it's just me, but like you could blow it up really big, but it had a rubber band on the yes, end of it. Yes, and so it was could, a punching yeah, bag. Yes, that's what these tablecloths are like. They're used to walk bags. around. They're worse than that because I can't stretch my knees out. <laughs> I know. Well, they look we really all... nice from the front, so shut up. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to take it to a sewing machine and cut the back end of it off. I'm just going br- to bring a pocket knife next time. And oh, <laughs> Again, I'm going to work this into my writer for the, for Jill, the July show that I can't oh, do this. <laughs> also Wait, like a you got a writer? <laughs> yeah, you know. She thinks she's got a contract, but she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I my missed favorite, the memo. My <laughs> favorite coffee creamer is on there for when I stay at Martha's <laughs> I, I have a shopping list that I have to fulfill every time. Yeah. She stays in the three bookers 
Three Brook Girls Suite. She has an Airbnb. Yeah. 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 It's literally the coffee creamer. That's it. That's the only yeah. thing. On the list. I, I asked for like disposable razors, but I got nothing. Hey, coffee, I bought some now. Coffee creamer is a big thing with you because when Shona G was here last time. Oh, geez. That was half and half. That's a whole other yep. thing. Yep. You didn't have the right kind of cream to go into her coffee either. Yeah. And Listen, listen I'm lactose it's, intolerant. It's true that I have issues. So let's I just feel you, man. Feel you. and let's not forget. Last time I went to Martha's house, I got a speeding ticket. <gasps> you didn't tell us that. Whose yes, fault I is did. that? She though. did. She told oh. us when she got there because she was late. Because and her? Megan's never late. That's you right. were speeding okay. and you still got it. I was still late. All, oh, Fair, uh, in fairness to me, that's been like two months. <laughs> and then when we went to go get lunch. Uh, I think it was Shona Ellen. I went to go get lunch, and they had pulled somebody else over in the same spot. Yeah, but whose fault is it that you yeah. were speeding? Um, it was mine. Yeah, actually, you. actually, it was Starbucks because no. they took forever. No. It took it's twenty minutes to get a hot chocolate. At the, I know where she got that ticket at, yes. and I've been up and down that little spot many times and it's hard to go the speed limit yeah that's why they sit there i'm gonna and need was, you all to own your behavior it was so <laughs> it was one of those moments where i came over the hill and just saw the bar of lights i was like if he wants me he's got me and ain't nothing i can do about it was he at least cute he was older but he was very nice Ooh. Was he we talk, i do think so we talked uh, about the podcast um, oh megan was yeah. chatting up a cop i was really trying just trying to, to not have to pay a ticket <laughs> But he said, yeah, well, you didn't it. as the daughter of a well retired enough, police officer, they don't fall for this. No. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have the energy to cry. I mean, it's cry. always worked for me. I didn't have I the mean, energy to fake cry. I was, I was just like, yeah, you got me, bro. They don't like that anyway. They don't like the fake crying. No, no they really I really owned crying. it. Don't I was like, that. yep, I was speeding. Sorry, bro. <laughs> like, the honesty they like. I was like, that'll usually get you out of it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you're right. I was like, oh, it's this speed limit here? He's like, yeah, you got to go one more like half hill and then it goes up and i was like son of a gun he still gave you a ticket he though. sure did that i just yeah. logged on and paid it i was like no contest pay the stupid ticket you're welcome city of tuttle hey city that's how mustang. city of tuttle makes their it, money wasn't it in mustang it was mustang. oh it was mustang. Yeah, mustang it was mustang, city mustang. <laughs> well we got we have to move <laughs> along because we got to get to the discussion because there might be you know Jeez, people that so mean sometimes wait we need do we need to do I'm our kidding. we I'm need kidding. to do our sign off though for you don't oh, we yeah. oh well yeah Three bucks. You gotta go to something funny. Why does everybody look at me and look like? Come so, on, Bonnie. Come, come up with something from a speeding ticket. Okay, fine. Shona, mm. what do you? No. <laughs> Bethany, your first okay. time here, second time here. What do you got? <laughs> so it Give works. us you a punchline. Yeah, you gotta be indoctrinated. In. Put your feet to the fire. No, we're done, and that's gonna do it for Three, three Book Girls. girls. Can't get enough of three book girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.